At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome in, everybody. It's another edition of the Lombardi Line, presented as always by BetMGM, as we welcome you into another day on the show. I'm Ben Wilson, in for Patrick Maher, rest of the week and weekend. Great to be back with Michael Lombardi, fresh GM shuffle pod. I just recorded this morning, Michael, and uh, we have some breaking yeah. news to start the show. Vance Joseph, I don't know if he's still having the time of his life, but he is back in Denver, Michael, officially hired about 10 minutes ago, defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos, and it is a reuniting in the Mile High City for one Vance Joseph. Well, you got to give Vance credit, right? It's hard to walk back into a building where you once were as the head coach, and now you come in as the defensive coordinator. But Sean Payton, obviously, it's a new ownership group. It's a new front off. Everything's new, right? So it's a little bit different, but it's still, you got to kind of bury your ego and go in. But I think it's a smart move for Vance Joseph because he's with a legitimate head coach. Somebody who's going to help control the team. Someone's going to help discipline the team. And it gives him a chance to use his skill as a defensive coach to to then, you know, show what he can do. And I think it's got a lot of talent on that defense, more talent than he had in Arizona. And I think it's a smart move for him. It's a smart move for Sean Payton because he gets a guy that he can trust to build a defense that's been a head coach before that understands how to win all three phases. And it's a guy who really follows in the line of so many coordinators we've seen over the years, Michael, who really struggled to make that adaptation to the head coaching position, struggled with game clock time management, 
but are still very, very good at what they do from a raw coordinator perspective. And you think about what he inherits and comes into in Denver, where the two years he was the head coach in Denver, the team that graded out as a, a top 10 defensive unit on an EPA per play basis. Yeah. Now he is back in Denver. It, it just feels like a guy, as much as people are going to say, oh, Vance, it was a failure in Denver. Now he's back. Totally different elements at play from when he was in the Mile High City the first time. Yeah, and I mean, it gives him a chance to, to continue to grow for his next chance that he gets to become a head coach. It's a smart play for him. And he buries his ego. He comes back. It's a great town to live in. You know, other than San Diego, there's no city in the country that has more sunshine. It's an incredible place to live. Great fan base. And look, let's face it, this defense is good. And if he can fix the defense, if he gets the defense to play at the level and Sean fixes the offense, you know, they're not going to be that. They're going to be a hard out. I'm not saying they're going to be a Super Bowl Mm -hmm. team, but they're going to be a hard out. So I think it's a good move. I thought it was interesting that, you know, Rex Ryan went back there to interview for the job. But when you're out of football as as long as Rex has been out of football and you don't study football to the level you need to study it to be back in the league, and you really only wanted to be interested if the salaries were going to be at the level that they need to be, I think that's why this was an easy decision for Sean. Yeah. What more did you hear about what ended up actually happening behind the scenes with the Rex Ryan interview? Uh, I mean, I think Rex was motivated more by the salaries that these coaches are getting now in the league. You know, defensive coordinators are making money at the level of of uh, of head coaches. A former when he was a head coach, the defense coordinator money is similar to when he was a head coach. And so, why wouldn't you be interested, right? And so. I think, but if you don't stay on top of it, right, you just can't be out of the league five years, four years, and then just walk back in, especially if you haven't been a coordinator for a while, right? When you were the head coach, you were letting Mike Pettin run the team. You were letting him run the defense. So you really haven't been had your hands on it. And I think that's a challenge. And I think mm-hmm. when he went to the do the interview, I think it wasn't as impressive as it needed to be. Keep considering, too, that the Joseph interview, it happened, it was last Friday. So that Ryan interview happens early in the week, and then basically a day or two later, Joseph's hiring is made official in Denver. The one comparison well, that I you look Matt at. Patricia, yeah. I think Matt Patricia interviewed yesterday. And Matt, right, Matt Patricia, the final interview that uh, then ended up happening for Denver. So is it it's pretty easy to say and, I mean, logical to, to kind of connect the dots there and say, all right, two pretty unimpressive interviews. It was one of those things where unless – Sean Payton was wowed by those two. He he was pretty confident in his guy being the selection of Joseph. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think he went through the process. He was on no restriction of time, and he got the guy that he wanted and the guy that fits what he wants to do. And he gave everybody a fair interview. It wasn't like he hired his buddy. He went through the interview process. The interesting connection, people will say, okay, is this really going to work? You go back to a place where you were fired even if you're even if you're discounting the ownership changes in the new regime that is now there in Denver, uh, remember Wade Phillips? I mean, gets fired from Denver in the mid '90s. It was a 10-year gap instead of a four-year gap, but he goes back to Denver in 2015 as the DC. Broncos win a Super Bowl, so it's not like it's not like this hasn't been done before in some context. Right now, what will happen yeah. for Vance Joseph? It's it's certainly a not not to apples to apples there, but it, it is not something that's just out of left field that's never been done before, Michael, as you well know. Right. I, I mean, I think, look, it's it's pretty clear that you can't let – you can't – there's only 32 jobs. You can't ha- become enemies with everybody in the league. So you got to swallow your pride, say, okay, it didn't work out, understand why it didn't work out, don't blame anybody but yourself, and move forward. 
And now Vance Joseph is back. And will that mean a return? Of, will, will Sergio Dip get another ch a chance on the ESPN Deportes uh, sidelines? I miss Sergio Dip. That was, his, that was his greatest moment. And when he said Vance was having the time of his life. I don't know. I would love to see Sergio Dip uh, back on the sidelines. Uh, as far as the other uh, news of the day, we're gonna, we have a bunch of uh, really good guests coming up. Will Hill will join us in a half hour. Visa analyst as well as Mike Somich, a professional handicapper, will stop by an hour at number two. Then Mike Palm stops by in studio here at Circa in downtown Las Vegas, the, uh, the VP of operations uh, here at Circa, the Golden Gate, and the D. Uh, other news, something I know you wanted to talk about from last night. We hit on it yesterday with the ongoing Brandon Miller saga, the freshman star for Alabama, who plays last night amidst this ongoing investigation after he supplied a gun to a now former teammate who ended up being involved in a murder a few months ago. Got more details earlier in the week. Nate Oates, the head coach, was not exactly... Uh, did not seem overly concerned, much to his detriment, early in the week when he first was asked to address this. Retracted his statements the other day, but still allowed Miller to play last night, and Miller goes off. Uh, leads his team to victory. Game-winning shot in overtime. Alabama barely wins in a, uh, as a big favorite over South Carolina in overtime. And, uh, and now yet another chapter, Michael, is this story is not going away anytime soon. No, I don't think it is going to go anyway, too, because I think even though the lawyer for Miller and the university claim that that wasn't true, I think there's a lot of circumstances here that is going to keep Dean dug. And I think that as the more they dig, you know, Nate Oates got a new contract right after the murder took place. And so with that, the athletic director and Nate Oates, they joined forces, got a new contract. And as this thing starts to unwind, I think it's going to be problematic, and it's not going away. I think the school's going to pretend that it is. But I think when the facts start to come out, based on what I know, uh, I think this is going to get a little messy. And if you have a ticket for Alabama to move forward, mm -hmm. I would be a little bit hesitant because this story is not going away. The police have a lot more information than they're letting out to be. From the betting angle, for one, it's not like Alabama. Which is really what – yeah. I mean, I'm sorry for the kid, who, who, the, uh, the murder. We, we all right. understand that. I mean, the reason this is a story for us to talk about is because I think it will impact down the road in the next two to three weeks. It will impact the betting market. Oh, no question. And it's right. Would you at this point, if you have not made a, a wager, you can sit here and say, OK, Alabama at eight to one. That number is it's not going to shorten anymore. It's not like you're in a position where you would you would anyway be wanting to bet Alabama right now at that number trying to get out in front of a big move. It just, it just isn't going to happen. You're not going to get much shorter than 8-1 to one anyway. So it's, it's not like people who haven't gotten involved yet are, are thinking, oh, I guess uh, now I have to avoid betting Alabama when they probably wouldn't have been anyway. But it's more down the line. How does this impact the other teams in the mix for that number one seed? And how will it impact a, a potential path for Alabama? They're obviously they're still going to be in the tournament. It's just what personnel will they have? What coaching will they have? And uh, and that's the, the big question. I think the, the biggest takeaway, though, is it kind of felt tone deaf more than anything that Nate Oates, at, at, the, very, at the bare minimum, didn't just say, let's hold out our freshmen just, just to be safe. Said, nope, let's go ahead. And you know, Alabama, we saw how they responded. They looked very flat against a very bad team on the road, and it took Miller's heroics to win that game. So a lot of interesting elements at play there. Yeah, and I think it's only going to get more interesting, Ben. I think this is going to go deeper and deeper as we get more – Facts come into the case. And look, Alabama's got a lot at stake here. I've been told reliably that they've got $3.5 in this team invested in their NIL money. So they went all in. I mean, they're all in. And, you know, this is going to be a big year for them to be all in. 
So I think there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes between the mm -hmm. athletic director, Nate Oates, and actually what happened, who was in the car, how the car was handled, what transpired, who knew, who didn't know. And I don't think we're at the level that everybody has this down cold. Yeah, what stood out to me the, from the statement from Brandon Miller's attorney that was released yesterday that was, that was timed to come out before the game for Alabama and South Carolina essentially was just, was just re, you know, rehashing the claim that it was just a coincidence and that there was nothing possible that could have been known. Yet at the same time, in, in the statement, there is still the admission that there, he had a gun and it was supplied to the teammate. It was more just, it, it kind of felt like, Michael, it was, it was in a sense trying to find some sort of excuse for the player, yet how does that really hold up in a court of yeah. law? It, I'm you know, not like I'm an expert in anything. I just look at that and say, pretty weak argument, my, my takeaway from the lawyer's point of view. Right, and when did Nate Oates and the athletic director know all this was transpiring? That's going to be the key question to answer. Yep. Did they know this before the contract extension? Did they know this? And what did they know? I think this is going to have to be researched, and I'm sure there's a lot of investigative reporting that's going to happen through this, through the conversation. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the NIL number you mentioned, Which too. is going to then affect the betting market because right. this, is going to be, this is going to be the noise from the outside that's only going to get stronger. Yeah. That's Alabama, only going to get stronger. They're, they're an untouchable right and now a lot from of a coaches, perspective. Yeah. A lot of coaches around college basketball are looking at this. Trust me. I'm sure they are. Uh, so the Alabama for now, again, eight to one, second short shot behind only Houston in the betting market. It's just there's no way you can touch that as of right now uh, from a long-term perspective. A, because the number won't really change anyway, and it, it's not a useful investment, and because you're not getting much value. And then B, there's the obvious off-the-court implications here, which, uh, which we've just laid out. All right, we're off and running. Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line. And Will Hill joins us in about 20 minutes. He has plays for the rest of the card today. When we come back, we talked Justin Fields, the Bears, what they will do with the number one pick yesterday, Michael. You have some new intel on, on what you're hearing out of the Windy City. We'll discuss that next. Plus, a big mover on the odds board. Anthony Richardson of Florida skyrocketing up the charts to potentially be a number one pick. We'll discuss those two things next on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Decent excited to announce the launch of three new live shows to cover the dynamic sports betting markets like no one else can with some fresh concepts and pairings as we head into a new season of sports. Beeson will continue to deliver all the news, analysis, and insights you've come to expect from your favorite team of sports betting experts. Check out the new lineup starting on Monday. Of course, the Lombardi line, not going anywhere. Michael, he'll still be here. Uh, Stormy Bond and Tony and Femi Bebefe are going to be uh, handling the duty starting Monday. So pumped to, uh, to see those shows. Michael, we have four shows together, though, still to go uh, today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. In for, yeah, I'm um, looking in forward to it. Maher, the Stormy so. Hour. I mean, yeah. I'm just happy that they kept me around for the Stormy Hour. I know this is her network, so I'm just happy that I've been a part of it, you know? <laughs> Well, and it, it is a show called the Lombardi Line, so it would have it wouldn't have felt right. well. But I mean, I know it's I know I know I'm just I know, I know. Stormy. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And then, of course, I got Femi, the 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 great uh, the great lawyer for all the quarterbacks who don't <laughs> produce, but they have potential. Yeah, uh, Elliot knows this. Yes, of course. Our producer Elliot Bauman behind the glass. You got to have somebody who can step into the firing line. You know, I've been that guy. You know, you love to call me Mr. Analytics and Femi, Mr. You know, Mr. Quarterback lawyer. You got to have somebody. Uh, well, who I mean, still I, will. I just think to me. You know, you know, when you you have to be able to see both sides of a story, you know, I mean, I, I get that, you know, the Patriots should draft a receiver. That's what you think. But if you don't study the history of of the coach, you know, has he ever picked a receiver in the top 15 picks? Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, and then when you know receivers are available in the second, third, and fourth round, and then he picked one in the second last year that didn't really have an opportunity because of the shoulder that could be a good player. 
Do they need more weapons on offense? Sure. But it's not about do I need weapons. It's about value and about how I build a team. Remember, this is a man that crafted the words, I'm not trying to collect talent. I'm trying to build a team. That was our, uh, our conversation from yesterday about what the Patriots will do in the draft. Speaking of drafts, what the Chicago Bears will do. You were just happy you weren't in the line of fire. You were just happy you weren't in the line of fire. I was laughing at poor, uh, poor Chad Graff, uh, Patriots reporter for not the Not poor Athletic. Chad Graff. He stood, I, I mean, mean, not poor yeah. him. He That's what he thinks. He, I mean, he's got to stand stepped, by it. You know, I'm right not in. saying I'm right. I'm not saying he's right. But, right. you know, if you're going to bring the heat, you better have something to back it up. Absolutely. Like, if I'm going to sit there and say this is going to be – the case, you know, I got to have some present some evidence to support why it's the case. Oh, yeah. No, no question. I was just but you're right. I was happy to not be <laughs> in the line of fire yesterday. Uh, let's go to the Bears. We talked about them a little bit yesterday. Uh, you have some more uh, more intel on what the thought is behind the scenes as to what Chicago is going to do with quarterback Justin Fields and how that might end up playing out in the number one overall pick. Well, I, I really get the sense, and I said this on the podcast, and I urge everybody, if you can, listen to the podcast, write a review. Uh, Femi had to sit there, and he had to listen to this. He, tears were coming down his eye as I was describing this. But I do think there's a sense that the Bears feel like Fields can't throw it well enough. And for them to get where they have to go, they need more from the quarterback. And they do like Bryce Young in this draft. Do they like C.J. Stroud? I don't know. I don't know if anybody loves anyone yet because they haven't really spent time around the kids. You know, a lot of this about becoming a franchise quarterback really centers on the leadership, the character, the work habits. And those are things that you hear about, but you don't really know until you spend time around the kid. And I think that's going to take us through the next six weeks of – until we get to the draft, till we learn that, and we'll find that out. But the sense I get from the Bears, who've watched practice, who have tried to develop their offense, is he struggles to throw the ball consistently enough to where they feel like they can win the game. And if that's the case, they have an obligation to the franchise to compare him to the quarterbacks out there. It's what you have to do. It's part of your job. I mean, you know, I know the Chiefs don't have to do it because they got Patrick Mahomes. But when you have an, when you don't have that elite player at the position, you got to compare what's in the draft to what there's out there. So I think that's what they'll do. If they like Bryce Young, then they've got to figure out how can we maximize value for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the process they're going through. Do I think they're calling teams saying, hey, Justin Fields is available? No, I don't. I think what they're doing is they're talking to a lot of teams trying to get them to ask if Justin Fields is available. Mm, yeah, and look, we still have – Different story. Right, over two months till the draft. So there's a lot of different angles in how this will play out. Combine next week, then you'll have the pro days into early mid-March after that, then the draft uh, into April. The one big movement as far as the uh, the odds board from the quarterback perspective, this impacts both first quarterback taken and first overall pick. It's it's While our assumption was it would be between – Bryce Young out of Alabama, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. Well, now there's the momentum for Anthony Richardson, who in a lot of markets has surpassed Will Levis on the odds board, who is now up from fourth to third. Anthony Richardson, the dual threat Florida quarterback, uh, who had a struggling final year for the Gators. He only went six and six, but a guy who can do multiple things, especially with his legs. And some of the highlights from him extending plays with the feet were, were spectacular this past season. At BetMGM, he is all the way down to seven to one. After being 40 yeah. to one to go first overall Monday, now opened 100 to one. How much of that is based on one CBS Sports mock draft, Michael, that came out yesterday that had Richardson number one? 
and uh, and how much of that is actually real from what you've heard on Richardson's stock so far? Well, I, I think a lot of these these books don't rely on one source, right? I think they have more than one source. And they're in the information business just like I'm in the information business and you're in the information business. This is why a lot of sports books were, were trying to hire the Woges and the Schefters because that information coming to them first allows them to recalibrate the line. It's no different than the stock market. If you know a company is going to purchase another company, you try to get in there before. I'm not saying it's insider trading. But what I'm saying is knowledge is power. And so somebody is saying a lot of positive things around the NFL about Richardson. And, and you can say that. You could certainly say that. He's big. He's got Cam Newton-like size. He's strong. He can throw the ball from here to, to wherever. But he doesn't play to the level of his talent all the time. You can watch a highlight tape of him and think, wow, that guy's really good. But you could also watch the game tape and say there's too much inconsistencies. Now, the question you've got to answer is, can we improve on those inconsistencies? Can we make him a better player? Because talent, dangling the talent in front of teams is always going to drive value up. Remember, E.J. Manuel went, what, 14th overall in the draft mm -hmm. from Florida State. He was not as talented. He wasn't he was accurate. He had no sense of timing. But he could throw the ball far, and he could make some plays. Poor Lamar Jackson had to sit there for 31 picks. He won the Heisman. Lamar Jackson's a better collegiate player than Anthony Richardson is. But the game's a little different today than when Lamar was sitting in that green room three years ago or five years mm -hmm. ago. Right. Right? So it's a little bit the six-back offense that teams see. You know, maybe you do need a 6'4", 240-pound man playing quarterback for you. And maybe we could work this. I mean, the Jalen Hurts factor is is going to affect the quarterback market. It's no secret, too, that the books have been hammered by no other sport more, more not noticeably than the NFL draft over the past few seasons because of how the information is so much more evenly spread out and distributed if you're comparing it to sports books versus just average bettors. As much as Anthony Richardson fits that, that bill of being a multidimensional threat who could lead a six-back offense, isn't there some irony there in looking at you compare what the Bears are, are thinking about potentially giving up or getting value for in Justin Fields, who is a very underdeveloped passer, but a great runner of the football. You compare that to Anthony Richardson, who is a extremely, extremely underdeveloped passer of the football while still being an elite runner. I mean, look at some of the game logs for Richardson. 9-27 against Florida State last year, 11-23 against South Carolina. The guy showed no ability to, to show any sort of consistency. And that's where it's funny to me, Michael, as much as he's a really good – I like him as a prospect – is it really enough to say, okay, number one overall and to a team like the Bears who already have the same issue with their quarterback? Uh, I mean, look, you're talking to a guy. I, I, would, I was recommending Anthony Richardson for the Heisman as a value play. I thought this, was, this kid's talented enough to go out with Billy Napier as his head coach that if he develops with Napier, he could win the Heisman. And – I think when you watched, what, was it the Utah game, it looked like he had a chance. And then the next week, he didn't look so good. So I see the talent. I see what, exactly what you see, too, is the mm -hmm. enormous inconsistencies. But when you're in a draft, you know, there's four kind of scouts, Ben, and, and they all begin with the letter P. So the first kind of scout is just a poor scout. He can't see talent. The second kind of scout is the picker. And they pick on one thing the guy can't do, just picks on that constantly. 
The third kind of scout is the guy who just grades production. Will Levis does this. Will Levis does that. It's just all production. But the greatest scout of all is the guy who can project the talent forward. And that's where I think this is where some people, and it's only going to have to come from coaches, not from scouts. Some coach is going to have to project this talent forward and buy into it. Because I've known this from being in the league. If I like Anthony Richardson's talent and the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator doesn't like him, I'm dead. He's, they're not going to coach him. They're not going to make him player. There were the, the moments for Richardson, that season opener, upset win, 29-26 over, over Utah at the Swamp. Richardson was unbelievable. I mean, 17-24, also rushed for three touchdowns and 106 yards. Then the two games after that, 24-53, no touchdowns, four picks. And that was kind of his season in a nutshell. But you know that the, the buzz and the hype is there, and there's a lot of things to like about Richardson. Okay, when we come back, Will Hill joins us with some picks for today's action. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSEN experts have got you covered. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSEN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSEN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That is vsin.com slash subscribe. As we're back on the Lombardi line, I'm Ben Wilson in for Patrick Maher. Rest of the week and weekend, Michael Lombardi with us from New Jersey and also on the East Coast. We welcome in Will Hill, our excellent vsin analyst. I get to host with Will this weekend, Michael. I get the I get the double dip. We we're go. together Saturday, Sunday, and then I'm I'm on with Will right right after that on live bet uh, Saturday and Sunday. So pumped for that, Will. As we start with NFL drafts, with all this movement now going on, Anthony Richardson out of Florida, the big mover over the last 24 hours. What do you make of how that top of the odds board sits uh, before we get into some of your plays? Just with how the market has started to move here pre uh, combine there next week. Yeah, I mean, I know Richardson was a big mover up to one. I have a hard time seeing them actually pull the trigger on that. Uh, again, I guess it's people just grabbing a number, but man, he just, uh, he, you know, he seems too raw to, for somebody to actually go in and, and pick him number one. If that doesn't work out, that's something where that could cost your job. I, I mean, I'm curious what Lombardi thinks about that. I'd be surprised if, if he actually is the pick at number one here. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be really surprised by that. But look, I, I think that, you know, you know, we see a guy like Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton won a national championship. I think if Anthony Richardson went back to Florida and put together a heck of a year, I could easily see him being the first pick overall in the draft. I easily could. It's almost like, Will, you're taking a high school player here. It's almost like you're taking Giannis at 11 in, in yeah. the draft and hoping you develop him. I mean, this is to me what it's like because he's not ready to play right now, and he's got great talent. And he's not accurate, but he could do some unique things at the position. And I think to me, if you take him, you're basically saying, okay, you know, instead of having his senior year at Florida, he's going to have a senior year or his junior year here with us. And we're going to develop him. We're going to coach him the right way. And then what do we get when we get there? A lot of that's going to come down to, is he a hard worker? Is he a great kid? All those things have to come into play. But if Anthony Richardson played at Wyoming, another year, where would he have gone compared to Josh Allen? I think that there's a couple things going for Anthony Richardson. And, and I made the mistake on Josh Allen. Not very accurate at Wyoming. 
he improved that. Jalen Hurts, not great anticipation, holds the ball too long. He improved that. And I think the Allen Hurts factor is helping Richardson kind of move up the board. Yeah, I think I think Allen's an outlier, though. I mean, I you know we were all kind of wrong on Allen because he was an athlete playing quarterback, and he you know he just that. I mean, usually these guys after two three years we know what they are. Allen's the rare case, and I think a lot of these teams are going to talk themselves into mistakes. Like, oh, Josh Allen turned around, so my guy can turn around just because Allen did it. I I don't know that a lot of these guys are going to do it. I know Jones has looked better here under Dable, but I think. You know, uh, Allen is, is more the exception than the rule. Again, Will Hill uh, stopping by with us right now on the Lombardi line. How about a play you have already made? You're looking at the wide receiver market, Will. What did what did you fire on? Jackson, Smith, and Jigba plus 330 to be the first wide receiver. I know all these mock drafts have Addison going first. I just think it's too early to trust these mock drafts. And, uh, boy, you look at these Ohio State receivers, how good Garrett Wilson was winning rookie of the year. Olave was outstanding. They both say Jackson, Smith, and Jigba was the best out of the three. And if you go back to that Rose Bowl a couple years ago, I think it was against Utah, 15 catches for 350 yards. To me, I just I don't really trust these mocks. I think at plus 330, he's like a coin flip to go first. I think he's as talented as any of these guys. Where does he go? I'm not sure. Carolina and Saint and the Saints are like 9-10. So if one of them gets card, you bring him in. Uh, you know, the Texans are going to have an extra pick at 12 here. So they they pick a quarterback first, obviously. Do they give their new quarterback a toy to play with? Uh, I, I think there's a real chance he goes first. Well, I mean, look, he's, you know, the one thing Addison, you know, you got to, we don't know the weight of the players yet, right? So at, they're both going to be around six feet tall, but one guy's almost 200 pounds, the other guy's 175. And so, and you know, that's going to make a difference, especially when they start to see press coverage for the first time. I think it's a smart play. I think you certainly can look at that. But, I mean, and when it happened, when the combine comes in, that's going to readjust these receivers' numbers because everybody's just going to play off the 40 time. Right. I, I get the sense. I mean, isn't that bet, Will, more than anything? It's a bet on Smith and the Jigba passing all the, you know, the health tests from when he gets to right. the combine. Guy who didn't play basically at all in 2022. Had he, had he been healthy, I mean, wouldn't this have been kind of a runaway guy to, to go first uh, overall? You would think that based on the pedigree pre-final season at Ohio State, right? Yeah, absolutely. You look back at some of these receiving cores. I mean, look at the guys Ohio State had with Wilson, Olave, him, and Harrison, and then the LSU guys, yeah. Jefferson and Chase playing together, the Bama guys. It's amazing how these guys cluster together uh, at certain schools. To me, that's the guy that's going to be interesting. I'm curious what you guys think. The guy that's going to be really polarizing, and I could be talked into both sides of it. We all know running backs. You can get them in any round. Look at all the best running backs. That none of them are first-rounders. Like Pacheco goes in the seventh round. But the Texas running back is going to tempt people because he's got a chance to be like an Adrian Peterson type guy where he just comes in the league and makes an immediate impact and is like the best running back in the league. I guess Tomlinson was the best running back in the league. But Robinson's really good. I wonder who talks themselves into in grabbing him early. Harris went 16th overall, I think, a couple years ago. He, to me, he's better than Harris. I'm curious what you guys think. Well, I mean, I think, look, I, I think I, I, I'm the opposite on this running back conversation. I think when you talk about it, you know, everybody gave the Steelers a lot of crap for that. I mean, he averaged, Najee Harris averaged almost 10 yards of catch as a rookie. If you can impact the run, the passing game, like Gibbs from Alabama, he's a little bit like he's Kamara Light. Now, I know Kamara went in the third round, but when you can impact the passing game as a runner, and I don't mean catching screens and catching flats. I mean going outside, running routes. 
you know, running routes, running angle routes, running comebacks, running outs, doing the things that Pollard does, then it's true value in the player because you can be multiple within one formation. You could put two backs with them. You could, if you draft, if Atlanta had Robinson and Patterson, oh my gosh, they got two guys and Pat and Robinson go extend from the formation. You really got a great deal. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you have to get to. But if you have to substitute to get the guy you want in the game, then it becomes a little easier for the defense. So I think this notion you can't take a running back early, It's if he's just a runner is right. If he's a weapon, I think it's got to be something to consider. And B. John Robinson will be one of those top prospects running back coming out of uh, Texas from this past season as we look forward to the draft. Will Hill joining us right now at Not The Will Hill, where you can find uh, Will on Twitter. How about the NBA? I know you have some plays tonight, Will. Let's yeah, I get was to just, those. Um, Before we get to that, I was just going to yeah. jump in and ask Lombardi. Do you think Philly at ten is too early for for the running back? Because I, I feel like he's more of it's more of a luxury pick. If you're bad, you can't pick a running back early. But if you you know if you got the rest of the team, uh, Philly sitting there at ten, do you think that's a possibility? I think Philly's smart enough to know that if they if where if they're going to be at ten, they got to get somebody that they definitely want a second contract on, right? So. You know, they had Miles Sanders. They got, you know, they have all these other backs they drafted in the third, fourth round. I think they probably take an offense or a defensive lineman at 10 and know that they're going to get a second contract at a really high number. Or maybe they think there's a corner there that can play man-to-man and give them a guy that can pair up with Slay and play a lot more man than zone, which they did. To me, that's the play you got to make. Yeah, interesting decision to be made uh, there at 10. How about uh, your NBA, Will? Oklahoma City, a team that you are – Falling in love with not only tonight but long term. What 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 uh, gives on the love for the Thunder? Well, I think they got like a top 10, 12 player in SGA. I think they're going to try, which uh, this last month or two is going to be key because I don't think all these teams are going to try. Uh, to me, they're young. They got plenty of picks, so I don't know that they're going to go for the ping pong balls. And look, I think they're 14 and seven uh, in the last 21 games, something like that. It's not just a good story; it's a legitimately good team. And to me, this is two teams going in opposite directions because Utah traded a good chunk of their, you know, the rotation guys with Conley, with Vanderbilt and some of these other guys. So I think Oklahoma City's going for it. I think the Jazz are going for ping pong balls. So I'll take Oklahoma City to win tonight. And uh, DraftKings does a great job here posting all these lines to make the play in, to make the playoffs. You can still get OKC plus 250 to make the play in. I think that's a good bet, too. Yeah, I mean, look, they I mean, they got and and the the player the one guy they don't even have on the team, right? So they got right. they have an extra number one pick coming back next year. I mean, so and they're doing all this this year. So you got to feel like they're really moving towards. I mean, he has done a Presti has done a really good job of not great only job. accumulating picks, which is what everybody wants you to do. It's great to have picks, but you got to make the picks good players. You know, the picks have got to become the picks turn into players, and if they're not good players, what are good of the picks? Yeah, so Thunder plus one for Will tonight. That has started to move. You can still find one out there in the market. A couple books have gone to pick now on that Thunder Jazz game and then Thunder to make the play-in tournament, which is different than making the playoffs. It's to be in that 7-10 to 10 range at the end of the regular season, plus 250 there. How about Mavericks Spurs tonight? Uh, man, talk about two teams going in opposite directions uh, there, Will, with the Mavs looking very good since getting the trade for Kyrie Irving. Spurs might be in that position to get Victor Wembanyama number one overall. What do you like here? I'm going to go over the 238. I'm assuming Luca and Kyrie are playing, which is always dangerous at noon to sit here and assume who's playing. But these guys, I think they had long enough off or they're both going to be in the lineup. To me, they're going to score a ton. They're not going to play much defense. The Spurs basically give up 120, 130 every time they take the 4-2. So uh, to me, this game will be in the 240s, maybe even the 250s. So I played the over there. All right, Will Hill, pumped to see you Saturday, man. Going to be a blast uh, hosting with Thanks, you. Thanks, Will. Will Hill at Nike. Right. Will Hill, thank you for joining us. All right, we go 
on Michael. We continue here on hour number one of the Lombardi line. Uh, when we come back, time to go into a segment we started yesterday. Talking franchise tag. The window is now open. Is Michael signing players? Is he tagging them? Is he letting them walk? We'll uh, we'll discuss that with a few more interesting names on the other side. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any NHL game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any NHL game. And if you miss only one leg on your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. As we're back, final segment of our number one on the Lombardi line. We started this yesterday, Michael, with the tag window now open in the NFL. Teams have until March 7th to apply the franchise tag. We talked a couple of quarterbacks. The only guy we didn't get to yesterday, though, Geno Smith out of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you look at where that uh, you know, that projected tag number is going to be. There's the 32 million, which is the you know the non-exempt. There's also the projected 45 million on the full tag. With the, with Smith's body of work this year, best statistical season of his career. How do you see Seattle approaching this now over the next couple of weeks? Well, I mean, I said this on the pod today, and if I were Seattle, here's what I would do. I would say, look, we are going to tag you, Geno at $32 million, which would give you a chance to shop yourself. But we're going to try to get a contract done with you before that tag number. And if we can't get a contract done with you and we have to tag you, we will then carry you through the year at that number because you have to put a deadline on these contracts. If you just continue to negotiate, it doesn't really do the – look, there's no fear of getting injured now. There's no fear of getting – I'm not getting the money. So you've got to kind of put it on there where you have to have, okay, if I turn this money down, am I going to get it back? If I turn this guarantee down, can I get it back? So I, I think you've got to be really careful here, and you've got to be really good at putting a, a, a self-imposed deadline on and then get a contract done. And I think Geno Smith knows, like most quarterbacks know, like they want to play for the team they had success. They don't want to just leave. The backup quarterbacks leave. I mean, the reason Kirk Cousins left is because the way the Washington football team handled his contract, they couldn't franchise him, so he became a free agent and he got there. But rarely does a quarterback who's playing well make it to the market mm -hmm. because they want to sign with their team. It's why the, 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 the Giants should call the bluff on Daniel Jones. Daniel, you really want to go somewhere else? <laughs> yeah. You really want to do that? I mean, you want to go? Go ahead, Daniel. Go ahead. Go ahead. See, see. Eat. Go ahead. Take all that money. Go ahead. See how that works out. So I think you got to do that a little bit. As far as Geno Smith, if you're just breaking down his 2022 in a couple different areas, finished the year number one quarterback in the NFL of all qualified starters in completion percentage over expectation. We've talked about that in the past, Michael. Derek Carr was among the worst in the league. Smith was able to outperform the expected completion percentage because of his, his ability to be really accurate as a passer and went above and beyond what that scheme opened up for him in terms of throws. However, the final five weeks of the season, you look at week 13 on, there were some issues that it, it, you saw the Geno Smith of old start to creep back in with some missed throws, some erratic play. He finished about league average on a EPA per play basis, final five weeks of the year. So it, the question becomes, which Geno Smith are you getting? This guy who had an unbelievable first 12 weeks or the guy who cratered a little bit down the stretch? 
Well, I think you got to take the whole year, right? And you say to yourself, look, we got to protect him. I mean, I think if you saw some of those games late in the year when the protection was breaking down, he wasn't as good as he needed to be, like most quarterbacks, right? I mean, you got to protect him. He got two rookie tackles out there, you know, and a bunch of injuries inside. And when they didn't run the football, when Kenneth Walker wasn't really running, that put more pressure on their passing game. So I think you have to look at the whole thing. Look, do I think Geno should make – to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league? No. But I think Geno had a better season last year than Carr had. I think that's pretty fair to say that. You know, I know Carr's going to the Hall of Fame, according to the Jets, but <laughs> but he had a better season than Carr had. It just on just on expected completion percentage and his ability to look down the field and handle the pressure. So, you know, I think, I think Seattle sees what they see. They're going to make him a really good offer and probably would be the best offer of any team that they're. And why would they let them get to the market? They won't. At $32 million, they're just going to have to franchise them. Yeah. The, the numbers say it wasn't even close, Smith versus Carr this past season. I mean, it was Carr – it was a Smith in a landslide over – Well, uh, not, not if you listen Carr. to the rhetoric. I mean, I, I don't know – you know, Carr had a Hall of Fame year last year. I mean, he's had a Hall of Fame career. I mean, he's, he's won, what, 62 games out of 142? So, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just reading what I read. Uh, the yeah. guy's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, we talked about this on the podcast, you know, I mean, to get into the Hall of Fame is not as hard as it used to be. They're letting a lot of people in, so maybe they'll let Carr in, too. That'll be a topic of your book coming out this summer. (laughs) Definitely a topic of my book. I mean, you know, I, I think to me, we have a hard time, and I say we, teams included, me included, we have a hard time understanding what great is and what good is. You can be really, really good and be respected for that without necessarily having to be thrown into that great category. Totally fair. Uh, we move on with more candidates for are you franchise tagging these players, signing them to deals, or letting them walk test free agency? We go to some running backs. Let's go to Tony Pollard in Dallas after all the two headed you know, the two headed distribution talk was made throughout the Cowboys season between he and Ezekiel Elliott. You're sitting at about a ten million dollar or so tag if you if you want to. Uh, go that route for Pollard after putting up very solid numbers, getting over a thousand yards and rushing for nine touchdowns. What are you doing if you're Jerry Jones and the Cowboys here with Tony Pollard? I mean, I think you're putting the exclusive tag on him and saying you're my. We're gonna we're gonna work try to work out a deal. Look, he's a weapon, right? He's a complete weapon. He's just not a good player. He's a weapon. He's a guy that impacts the passing game tremendously. And so when you get a guy who impacts the passing game tremendously, you've got to sign him. He's, he is a big part of their offense, and he is hard to duplicate. I compared, to be honest, in my new book, I mean, when I wrote up Gale Sayers, there's a lot of similarities in Tony Pollard's running style to Gale Sayers. I know that's kind of hard to see, but there is. Now, I'm not saying he's as good a player as Gale. Gale couldn't stay healthy and had a shorter career. But I think there's no doubt that, that he can, and he can stay on the field more. Than ever. I mean, he only started four games, played in 16, but he can really impact the game because he averages over nine yards a catch. I mean, he averages over nine yards a catch. And so when you get a receiver that Dalton Schutz averaged 10 yards a catch, he was a franchise player at, at, uh, at tight end. You know, he averaged 10 yards a catch. Michael Gallup averaged 10 yards a catch at receiver. So, like, when you get a guy that out of the backfield that can average over nine yards a catch, that's a receiver. He had 55 targets for 39 catches. And yet, and he could still run the football effectively. I mean, he averaged, you know, he averaged, what, over five yards a carry? And they used him really well. He had 193 carries. So, and he can play with Zeke. Now, they got to get more out of Zeke. 
But that's what we keep. That's what we've been saying for a while. Right. The two years running now for for Pollard, where he's averaged over five yards a carry, and per catch, the only and and for per catch, he's been over eight and a half now each of the last two seasons. The only difference was finally Dallas used him more, got over sixty more carries this past season. So it's back to back years over a thousand all-purpose yards combined between rushing and receiving. Seems like the obvious thing. I mean, if, if all these guys were talking about Michael, this seems like the one where you don't even think twice if you're if you're Jerry Jones. You you look at the numbers, you look at the eye test, and you say, easy decision, I would think. I mean, it's a really easy decision because you you know, he's somebody you want to build your team around. Now, you know, how do you do it? How does that handle itself? You gotta be smart here. You know, you gotta get him to a contract. You can't you just can't overpay everybody, but he's a talented. He gets the ball in the end zone, mm-hmm. and he's a guy when you're driving to the stadium and to play the Cowboys on Sunday, you know, uh and so when he's driving to you're worried about him beating you. You're worried how are we gonna take him out of the game? One last player we'll talk about. We talked about him last year, Orlando Brown for Kansas City, who gets tagged a season ago. You look at what the you know what the number would be if if it's the second straight season. You're looking at nearly twenty million for Kansas City if they wanted to tag Brown again. How, how is that going to play out for a solid offensive lineman? Well, I mean, I think a lot of this comes down to uh, you know distribution of money, right? Can you put the money into the right thing, and can you do it? And so, you know, you got a lot of money in the left guard. You got a lot of money in the in the now you're going to have a lot of money in the left tackle. You got a lot of money in the t- wide receiver Travis Kelsey. You know, what are you going to do? I think to me that's that's going to be the hard part, right? You got to be able to decide how are you distributing this value and what you're going to do. And I think Orlando Brown at left tackle, who do you, can you find a guy at 32 in the draft that can do what Orlando Brown could do at say for five more years? It's hard mm-hmm. to do. And can you take Orlando Brown's money and spread it around to four other players to help you improve the team at different positions without compromising the position you have? Right. You could at least make a you can make a compelling case since Kansas City sold out, invested in the offensive line since losing to Tampa Bay two Super Bowls ago. They have found immediate success, and even with losing a you know a big weapon in Tyreek Hill last year. They were able to make do with what they had. You could say, all right, offensive line matters more than anything for Patrick Mahomes. Will Kansas City do that again, paying more? That's that's the question uh, on the Orlando Brown front. Uh, that is one hour in the books for us. When we come back, we have some more th- topics to throw at Michael's way. No way or no doubt. Some big topics into the NFL offseason that we'll dive into next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.